0: right. Come on in, everybody. Pull up a seat. Go ahead and share, download, subscribe, whatever it is you do in podcast world. It's good to have you guys with us. You're on The Voice of One. You're on VU. This is the 63rd episode, and now you, that's right, you have pushed us over, well over. Now, we're over 2,600 listens now uh, to The Voice of One. I appreciate it very much. We are currently out there on seven platforms, but I noticed that that most of our listeners are on three platforms, 29% on Anchor, which is where we host The Voice of One, 24% on Spotify, and 14% on Apple Podcast. Uh, coming in fourth at 2% is Overcast, and then it says 31% on Other, so I'm not sure what Other Is 98% of you are in the United States, but apparently we have some in Russia, Ireland, Germany, United Kingdom, Singapore, Canada, and Japan. So, welcome to our international audience (laughs) to the voice of one. All right, folks, this is VU63 for Monday, January 18, 2021. Well, happy Martin Luther King Day, MLK Day. To everyone, uh, the day we uh, pay uh, honor, we make recognition to the accomplishments, uh, to the contributions uh, of Martin Luther King Jr. And of course, we always think about his most famous speech, the "I Have a Dream" speech that he gave in Washington D.C. And of course, the most famous line, which I paraphrase, but. It had to do with him looking forward to a day when we could look past the color of a man's skin and into the content of his character. So hold on to that thought just for a second. Yesterday at my church I started into a brand new series, sermon series in the book of Genesis, the most foundational book in the Bible. And uh, so a good place to start is chapter (laughs) 1. (laughs) So we started in Genesis chapter 1, of course, the famous creation account. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you you remember that, the one, let God, you know, God said, God said, God said, evening and morning were the first day, second day, third day. And then the sixth day, the pinnacle of creation, God creates man and woman, what did the Bible say, in his own image, Remember that it said let us make man in our own image it said that male and female he created them Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 And so uh, as I was delivering that sermon I was making a point an application point that that really this biblical view of creation this biblical worldview that has God as created uh, as creating man and woman placing his image on them that very idea is the basis for mutual respect and if you if you take that away and you simply say that people are accidents of evolution that we are somehow uh, highly advanced tadpoles right they've just given time you know our ancestors really were just slime In the ocean but somehow we made it up to the top of the food chain if if that's your if that's your view of human of humanity at the end of the day I'm not really sure what basis there is for for mutual respect now think about it if you have a biblical worldview right where God creates man and woman in his own image then we have common ancestors uh, we have uh, a common uh, God who has created us. We have something, the most profound part of us, we have in common, and the fact that we're made in God's image. So that wherever you go on this earth, no matter of skin color, language, culture, whatever it is, you can relate to every person with respect. I found this myself in my travels uh, to other places in the world. I found it easy to relate to people wherever I've gone. And one of the reasons is because of this biblical worldview. Now, it seems to me that what's happening today is there are streams, there are uh, curriculum, actually, that are being introduced into uh, the minds of our children that run completely counter to a biblical worldview. Not Not just the teaching of evolution, but think about this. The critical race theory that is being taught today accentuates differences rather than commonality. And so it it runs complete, if you think about it, it runs completely opposite of Martin Luther King's speech. Uh, in, in, in his speech said he was looking forward to a day when we would judge a man not on the basis of skin color, but on the basis of this content of character. Today what's being what's being taught out there today has everything to do with skin color. It's all about skin color. Everything is about skin color. And so I just think about it, it, it we, when we come to MLK day that it's just sad in a way uh, that that really we we've we've abandoned the direction that he had in mind uh, because it, it's just... And 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 the reason it's so easy to abandon it is because the people who are forwarding these ideas do not have a biblical worldview, and they'll admit it themselves. They they just don't have one. So it's all about differences rather than commonality. All right. So anyway, that's the opening rant on uh, Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> hey, good to have you guys with us. It's uh, it's amazing. Hey. Speaking of today, today Melania Trump uh, delivered a wonderful speech today, a farewell speech, about six minutes long, and uh, you know Melania Trump, uh, uh, it just seems like to me that in these past four years, here's here's a first lady that uh, has just been treated, in my opinion, with tremendous disrespect. I mean. Think about this. I mean, here's a first lady, elegant, global, right in every in every sense, right? Uh, an immigrant, uh, speaks all kind of foreign languages. I mean, I, I think you and I know that if she had been a liberal, if she was had been a liberal, the first lady of a liberal, she would have been on on fifty magazine covers. Uh, covers. She would have been. She would have been interviewed. Uh, every time you turn on TV, she, she would have been on on, on about something. Uh, and, but anyway, she's just suppressed, I guess is, is a good word for it. And It's kind of sad in a way. Nevertheless, she seems to have kind of stayed above it, and she delivered a wonderful speech today. And I want you to listen just to a few seconds of it, about 30 seconds of it this is just the beginning of her speech, and then you can look it up, just look up on YouTube, just look up uh, uh, Melania Trump farewell, something like that. It'll come up uh, pretty quickly. All right, here, here's, l- listen to the First Lady. My fellow Americans, it has been the greatest honor of my life to serve as First Lady of the United States. I have been inspired by incredible Americans across our country, who lift up our communities through their kindness and courage, goodness and grace. The past four years have been unforgettable. As Donald and I conclude our time in the White House, I think of all of the people I have taken home in my heart and their incredible stories of love, patriotism, and determination. All right, a very gracious, tone, very gracious words from our First Lady, whom, again, I think is just uh, wrongly maligned for the past four years, uh, all because she's conservative. So, now, speaking of maligning a Trump, uh, <laughs> well, that continues uh, full on. There was a story, I don't know if you saw it, you might have, because so many people reposted it on Facebook about how somehow in the moving out process from the White House that the Trumps are stealing art from the White House. That's right. They've stolen the bust of Abraham Lincoln and uh, other artifacts from the White House. They're just boxing them up and putting them in a van and just taking them away and uh, people who are never trumpers or people who are anti-trumpers or whatever they just oh they just reposted that story for all they were worth on facebook and the comments under it of course were just blazing hot about uh the trumps and their theft of all of this and one final terrible act by the trumps and all this well Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the rescue and clarifying the story of all sources <laughs> of all sources is CNN. <laughs> I know it's unlikely, but it happened. So under CNN Politics, uh, they there's a story uh, that says taxidermy and Lincoln bust among de- uh, departing White House effects. Betsy Klein, CNN on January 15, 2021. So uh, this story goes on, it says, uh, I'm down several paragraphs, and it says, uh, says this. It says, questions abounded Thursday after a trio of unidentified masked officials walked a bronze bust of President Abraham Lincoln outside the front door of the West Wing. To whom did it belong, and where precisely was it off to? Items such as the Lincoln sculpture were, wait for it, on loan from the official White House collection and part of a documented process wherein thousands of pieces of art, decorative art, sculpture, china, silver, and other items are historically preserved. These items are available for the incoming president and first lady to select at the start of the new term, as the Trumps did in 2017. At move out, there is a systematic return of the loaned items to the White House Historical Association, which along with the chief usher and curator of the White House collects these collection items. All right, and goes on and tells a story about that. So it turns out that, uh, lo and behold, the Trumps are not stealing the artwork from uh, the White House. Nope, they're just simply being carted out to go back to the place where these curated curated items are kept and will be on display and open to, uh, to selection for decoration by the next and the incoming administration. So once again, fake news makes its way all around Facebook, uh, reposted gleefully by so many, and it turns out to be wrong. All right. So now, uh, folks, we are now at uh, Inauguration minus two. We're at Inauguration Day minus two, Two days away from Inauguration Day and Washington, D.C., I know you've seen this story by now, Washington, D.C. is an armed camp. Unprecedented measures. Now now they're reporting that bridges are going to be closed. Bridges incoming to Washington, D.C., closed. There's fencing around the buildings. There's armed guards being flown in from all around the country. They say now that the troop level is swelling to 30 1, troops now I don't I don't know how how much you uh, can visualize what 30,000 troops is and what it would mean to, to put 30,000 troops let's say in Syria or in Iraq or someplace thirty thousand that that's that's a lot of troops that's a lot of troops and uh, but there's going to be thirty thousand troops in and around the compressed area of Washington DC. Now there's been nothing like it, nothing like it. I mean not after 911 not 911. I mean it just really makes you wonder what is going on what is going on And uh, it, and it really makes you wonder what's going on when you read a story like this one out of Breitbart, Uh, which came along um, uh, yesterday, no, today, this morning, by John Nolte. Here's the headline. It says, uh, Good News AP reports no evidence of any inauguration threats. Wow. He writes, oh, man, what a relief. The far-left Associated Press (laughs) is reporting that there is, quote, no evidence of any threats, end quote, for Joe Biden's inauguration tomorrow, or Wednesday in this case, uh, and that vetting hadn't flagged any issues that they are aware of. Now, that's very interesting, isn't it? We've got 30,000 troops and apparently no threats. No threats. Pretty amazing. But it also makes me think back. Now we got this this incredible force that's been deployed there in Washington D.C. But I have to think back uh, just a week or so ago to January sixth, when there was the joint session of Congress to consider the electoral votes, and and what the what what's been reported is that the 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 person in charge of the Capitol police and other people had uh, asked Nancy Pelosi and others for reinforcements that there was going to be a huge crowd coming to town. Let's have some national guard troops available. Let's have some U S marshals. Let's let's kind of beef up the security here. And Nancy Pelosi and others turned down these requests. The requests were made and they were turned down. And so, According to people who live there and according to people who uh, cover the White House or cover the Capitol, uh, they say that on January 6th, when there was a joint session of Congress about a um, controversial count of the Electoral College votes, that it was some of the lightest security that they've ever seen for a joint session of Congress, like for example, a State of the Union speech, for example, or whatever, anytime that the Congress is together, some of the lightest security they've ever seen. And, and yet here, in, and then they end up having this big breach, this big breach. And it just makes you wonder, I mean, what, what, what's going on? When did people know things? Why, I don't know, I just think there's a lot that is still yet to come out. Why was security so lax that day? And why were requests for bolstered security turned down? It just, I I don't understand. I don't understand why on one side of the Capitol building, literally policemen are ushering people into the building and standing aside as they come in uh, almost as tourists. And on another side, it's this pitch battle uh, where both policemen and and those who are, are breaching uh, the Capitol building are being uh, injured or killed. I, I, I just the whole thing. I think there's just a lot that is yet to come out. It just makes you wonder. Now, finally, uh, we're we're coming up apparently on impeachment 2.0, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly when it's going to start. Apparently, Nancy uh, has not told us exactly when she plans to walk over the articles in, of impeachment. To the Senate, but you'd think it happened, you know, pretty pretty quickly because uh, we're literally hours away from uh, President Trump no longer being uh, in office. Um, so I don't know if you saw this, but Huckabee interviewed Alan Dershowitz about his view of the upcoming impeachment. Remember, Dershowitz actually was on the defense team uh, for impeachment number one. And uh, Dershowitz, a Harvard uh, prof, a constitutional lawyer, um, on Huckabee, he argues that that, uh, that this whole thing is is violates the Constitution in like six different ways. This whole impeachment process, and he specifically says that it, that they cannot Im- impeach the president after he's out of office because if you read the Constitution. The whole point of impeachment is to remove somebody from office. If they're no longer in office, they are not eligible for impeachment. And to argue that they are opens up a precedent that would be dangerous for all of us, all of us. And so here's part of what Alan Dershowitz said on The Huckabee Show. Take a listen. I've heard you mention that this is going to lead to Uh, every party out of power, using impeachment as a process just to gig the other side. And true to form, uh, a Republican legislator introduced articles of impeachment uh, on Kamala Harris uh, just this week. So I guess we're already seeing what you prophesied. Didn't know you were a prophet, but there you are, a professor and a prophet. Oh, you know the Talmud says that the prophecy ended with the destruction of the second temple and he who tries to prophesy is either a fool or a knave, and I hope I'm neither, but I I, look, it's gonna become look If you were to announce that you want to run for president in 2024, you'd be a very strong candidate. The Democrat-controlled House and Senate could impeach you, a private citizen, in order to stop you from running. It has turned impeachment into a weaponized, political, normal thing to be used politically instead of an extraordinary measure to remove a president who's committed treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors. It's so in violation of the framers' intent. It's what Hamilton called the most dangerous thing to allow impeachment to go forward simply because you have the votes to do it, and that's exactly what the Democrats did. Did you hear that? And that's exactly right. If, listen to me, if the Congress can, quote, impeach, can put on trial someone who is not holding an office in the federal government, wow, if they, can, if they can hold a trial in the Senate on somebody who's a private citizen of the United States of America, well, they have just inserted themselves into the role of the judiciary. The only provision for impeachment is to remove someone from office If they are not in the office, they cannot be impeached. Dershowitz goes on in this interview to say if he were advising the president, and he may end up doing that, he would advise not trying to mount a defense in the Senate at all, and rather to take this directly to the Supreme Court as a violation of the Constitution. So uh, actually, I hope that's exactly the direction that it goes. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we're in need of are voices of sanity and moderation, and we don't seem to be getting those from any quarter uh, of national leadership. So, we need to hear <laughs> we, we we need to uh, we need to be praying uh, that we will begin to hear those kinds of voices. All right, so um, I close with this. There's a biblical admonition that you may have heard, and that is to speak the truth in love. Yeah, simple phrase, but boy, it's, it it carries a lot with it. Speak the truth in love. Think about those words. Speak the truth in love. First of all, speak. You, we can't be silent, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the, those of us who who uh, whoever it is who holds the truth cannot simply sit on the sidelines silent we have to be willing to speak up but when we speak up we have to speak truth as best as we know it and so we can't be silent we have to speak up we have to speak up and we have to speak truth but wait and we have to do so in love we can't abandon truth for love we can't abandon love for truth we have to have it all and it's a hard line to, a uh, uh, to, uh, hard balance sometimes to find, but we've got to find it. Uh, where we have both to go back in a way to kind of paraphrase uh, in some way, reapply what Martin Luther King says, there must be both content and character, right? <laughs> they're, they're the content of truth, the character uh, of our language. So let's pray that that happens. We can speak the truth. Uh, that we'll do so in love and respect for each other. God bless you guys. Um, So much appreciate you guys listening. And I'll be back on Wednesday with VU64.